Welcome to the Gym Heroes Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Peacock. Today's show is brought to you by GymDesk, the easiest gym management software you'll ever use. Take payments, create marketing automations, track attendance, and much more. To try the software out free, go to gymdesk.com. No credit card or painful sales call required. Our hero today is Jake Krantz, a marketer and co-founder of the Uncle Charlie Agency who works with sports clubs to grow their memberships, among other businesses. In this episode, Jake reveals how to use sports marketing techniques and content creation to market small local sports academies effectively. Most importantly, he shares his framework and roadmap for moving from step one to success with marketing. Without further ado, Jake Krantz. All right, welcome to the Gin Heroes podcast. Jacob, if you could tell us about your background in business and marketing so that we kind of know who we're listening to here, that would be awesome. Sure. Yeah. So name's Jay Krantz. I, I run a sports marketing agency called Uncle Charlie. And I started it a handful of years ago when I was in college at the University of Minnesota. Um, we, we started in sports working with a MLB partner league. Um, called the American Association, which is it's a professional baseball league that isn't affiliated. So it's not AAA or AA baseball, but it's still professional mm-hmm. baseball. And anybody that uh, lives in, in Minnesota would recognize the St. Paul Saints. Um, there's four different MLB partner leagues and a lot of baseball um, throughout the, <laughs> the, the rest of the United States. So we, we started working with them in baseball, and then we started working with um, – uh, another hockey league and uh, a handful of other sports teams. And then more recently, we've actually started to get into the brick and mortar space, which is, I think, uh, a lot of the reason why I'm here today to talk to your audience about that. And we started working with a couple of training facilities um, up here in the Twin Cities to help them with with their content um, and help them grow their brands um, in, in the markets that they're in. So that, I think that that, that gives a, a rough, uh, rough outline of who I am and, and why I'm here, I suppose. Excellent. Yeah. Jim Desk, we've worked with a few. Um, well, we have a few, we have a few sports clubs that use our software. So it's definitely something we're interested in. And um, I know that marketing for small businesses is different than, than marketing for like a national business or a national brand. So you talked about creating content. That's what, what sure. we're really going to be getting in today. And so sure. I'm wondering if, and of course I know the answer to this question, but for the sake of the listener who's unsure, <laughs> can a business like a local sports club really produce good content that drive results? Is that something that a local business can do rather than like a famous YouTuber? Yeah, well, yes. Obviously, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, uh, so 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 yes, and I think it's a really important to understand what you're trying to get out of it, right? So, mm-hmm. success in social can can play out in a lot of different ways, right? So you can you can be successful by driving more people into your facility, which is great. That's a great outcome. Theoretically, that brings in more revenue. You can be successful by increasing the credibility of your brand, um, which subsequently will 
drive more people into your facility through another marketing channel that you're utilizing. You can be successful by um, utilizing your social content as a member benefit in a way. So with one of the facilities that we work with, they have a member base of about 1,500 athletes and they're all youth hockey players. And so mm -hmm. those, those individuals, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a lot more structured than uh, a standard gym would be in that they have programming uh, in, in the summertime, especially they have programming five days a week for all of their members. And um, their, their social content is less so focused about bringing in new members into their gym. And it's more so focused mm -hmm. about the retention of their existing ones and making them feel like they're a part of a community that is exceptional, first of all, trains them really, really well, and uh, is, a, is a place where they feel like they belong. So that would be another way to, to approach social um, and, and win on social, in my opinion, for one of these more local based businesses. And so it all really depends on, on what you're hoping to get out of it. But regardless, like if you have a, have a goal, one of the ones I listed or something otherwise, like you, you'll absolutely be able to accomplish it and crush it through social. Yes. You talk about your goal. Um, you have a process that I, that you gave me some notes about that I want to get into. So sure. what, what's the, what's the framework for this? I want to get into the nitty gritty of how like even a, a a local sports club, a small business like that without, you know, I guess, presumably without huge media resources, how do they consistently produce content that works for them? Whether that's enhancing the membership, more of like, I guess, a retention play in business terms or in, a, 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 and or attracting new members. Sure. Yeah. Happy to talk through the framework. Uh, we, we use it for pretty much every project that, that we're working on, whether it be um, for, for social media or like a, a digital ad campaign or otherwise. Uh, it's just really a good framework for, for goal setting. And it's, mm. it's tailored specifically in this case to social. Um, we, we really had to write it all out and put some structure to it in the last couple of weeks even because we were, we were presenting a similar framework to um, USA triathlons, uh, project podium. Um, and that is like, it, it's essentially the developmental program for USA triathlon, which is the national team for, for mm -hmm. triathletes. And so we sat down with them and, and talked them through this framework because a lot of their earning potential as an individual comes through their personal brand. And so for them, we, we talk them through this framework and, and the same framework applies to, um, a company or an individual or, a media company, uh, or media property, whoever really wants to use it. And so the first thing that, that we had talked about, Josh, is, is setting that goal. So it's just a soul searching exercise for, for you to sit down and say, Hey, like, okay, what, what is the thing that I'm really trying to accomplish out of this? Do I want to make more money? Do I want to communicate what we're doing better and, and share our story better to position ourselves in the market? Do I want this to be a member benefit? Like what, what am I trying to do out of all of this? And what, like mm. what, what, what's going to be a really good outcome for this? Uh, and then based on that goal, figuring out how you're going to position yourself against it. So that again, can play out a lot of different ways. And that's, that's why this is a framework, but you need to figure out what your unique perspective is. So there's, there's a lot of different gyms 
in the United States. There's probably hundreds of them just in Minnesota alone. And mm-hmm. so the ones that exceed uh, are the ones that know how to position themselves well and know how to clearly communicate the, the, the things that they do that are, are different and, and display those in a way um, on social that clearly communicates those things as well. And so for the hockey training company, as an example, they are really, really good at training. So the, the core of what they do is the first thing that they want to communicate. The second thing, which I think is a unique differentiating factor for them, is the culture that they have. And so what they've done is they have started to create content around, um, first of all, the training, but secondarily, and I think more importantly, the culture and the community that that surrounds what they do. And that's because their primary goal is a retention play. Like they want to make people feel like they're a part of this community. And so the one piece of their positioning is the fact that they want it to be more community based. And so when you figure out how you want to position yourself, you have to start thinking out thinking about like, okay, what, what, what's the medium here that I want to want to fall into. And so really there's, there's a handful of mediums that, that you can jump into, um, writing, talking, uh, so audio and then visual. So, so photos and videos and, and it's, those are the, the four broad buckets that you have the option to, to choose from. So some people might be more inclined to, uh, write blogs. And that's, that's a very okay way to win. Some people might be more inclined to create TikTok content. That's a very okay Mm -hmm. way to win too. Other people might enjoy the, the audio format, like what we're doing here, Josh, and being on their own podcast or going on as a guest to other people's podcasts. Um, that's a totally okay way to win as well. You just need to figure out like what is going to be most comfortable for you because you need to set this up to be sustainable for yourself. And if you don't enjoy doing it, assuming that it's a, a, a independent operator that probably has a lot on their plate, then you're probably just not going to do it at all. Um, and it's just not going to be a sustainable solution to the problem that you're trying to solve. And so once you figure out that medium, uh, you need to jump into figuring out what channel works best for you. So if it, if it is video, if it's short form video, Jump into jump into TikTok probably. If it is mm-hmm. writing, maybe write your own blog or be a contributor on another blog or a local media publication that you can be a part of. Um, if it's audio, just start your own podcast or or be on be on somebody else's podcast, as I mentioned. Um, and then from there, you need to figure out the format of your content. So there's a lot of things that are that are going into this, but the the, the cascading effect of all of this will eventually lead to you accomplishing what your goal is. So on the format side of things, I'd, I'd recommend keeping this really, really simple. Um, once you've figured out the the medium and the channel that you're going to use, just look at what other people are doing and then write down a list or just create a list of hyperlinks that you have in a spreadsheet or a Google document that you can reference and say, okay, I've got these four or five really cool different concepts that I know other people are doing and I know are working really, really well for them. What can I do to put my own unique spin on those and place it into my positioning in order for it to work really, really well for me and in order to help me achieve my goal? Uh, for, for, the, for the people that aren't natural born content creators, I found it to be really helpful to utilize the success of others to identify potential content opportunities for 
um, ourselves or, or, or for um, for yourself. And so I, I would just really go through and, and find um, whoever you're following or find uh, people in your niche by going on TikTok or Instagram and searching like, I don't know, g- gym or um, <laughs> training content and th- things like that. So you'll figure out like what things are performing really, really well and you'll figure out how you can put your own unique spin on it. And then the next step of the game is just creating the content. Um, there's a lot of tools in place that will support you in creating the content, uh, regardless of what you're doing. Uh, for an independent gym operator, you can do pretty much everything from this little thing right here called an iPhone. Um, yep. And and if you want to start to level it up from there, you can you can certainly move over to something as clunky as a computer to start making <laughs> your content. But you can you can do all of the writing, all of the audio. Um, all of the video editing content on your iPhone through apps mm-hmm. like CapCut or through the Instagram app or through the TikTok app natively. Um, there's all, all types of different ways that you can create these individual little things. And, and if you have a good example to pull from, it's a lot easier to recreate something mm-hmm. and put your own little spin on it than it is to create something completely original. Right. And then the, the last part, which is, I think, the hardest part is staying consistent with it. So this 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 plays out differently for everybody, but some people want to have an accountability buddy. Some people like to identify small wins for themselves. I mean, it's, it's the same thing as working out or lifting weights. Like the hardest part is just staying consistent and being a part of the grind day in and day out and continuing to train, even when you're hitting plateaus, even when you're taking steps backwards in, in your one rep maxes. And you just have to figure out a way to show up every single day. And then 12 months from now, 24 months from now, 36 months from now, you'll be able to look up and say, holy crap, like we did a ton of stuff here. And my business is huge. Like it is three X in the last two, two months alone. Like I don't even know what to do with myself now. So um, yeah, I'd say that that's probably the hardest part, but in, in general, like that, that framework has been what we've used the last three or four years to work through all of our all of our content. So it's setting a goal, figuring out your positioning, identifying the medium you want to use, figuring out what channel you want to use based on that medium, and then figuring out a, a short list of, of formats that you can create based on some examples that are in the space and then going out and creating the content. Awesome. So how much how much does production quality matter? Do you do you need an expensive setup? No, <laughs> okay. I don't think so. So so th- there is uh, a spectrum, right? So so yeah. you can get you can get a lot out of out of an iPhone, um, and you mm-hmm. can do really really well just using an iPhone. And then you can get a little bit more out of a a, a really inexpensive DSLR camera. So Canon and all the other um, camera companies, they, they all sell like a entry level content creator camera with a kit lens. And you can get that for just under like a thousand bucks. Um, mm. and you can have all the resources that you need for just under a thousand dollars, uh, for all of your, really all of your video, uh, and photo content needs. Um, and you can start layering things on as you go. Like, like if you look at, a Netflix docu-series like Drive to Survive, that F1 docu-series, incredible for the sport. Um, 
very, very expensive to create. And most mm-hmm. gym owners, there's no way that they're going to be able to invest tens of millions of dollars into a, a Netflix docuseries. So, so there is obviously that spectrum of which things can fall on, but you can do so much, as I mentioned, with, with your iPhone. And even if you just have like a, a little tripod that you can stick your phone on, as you mm, talk yeah. with your 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 members, or as as you're doing your own training yourself, um, that that's a very good way to to get started in creating the content. Cool, yeah, I, I know that's people have something in their mind about what good quality content is supposed to look like, and they're thinking of like a just highly produced YouTube show. But sure. like you said, there's a spectrum, and there's lots of really great content. It's just somebody with a good quality iPhone camera talking to the camera in a reasonably well-writ room. There's no other frills beyond that. It's not actually that hard. People, I think, create something bigger in their minds than what they actually need to do. Yeah, in order to get, I mean, first just getting started, um, that's that's the big thing. But you you can certainly stack things on. As you go, uh, I mean, yeah. if, you, if you think if you think about the biggest accounts on TikTok right now, or the biggest brands on Instagram, the first things that probably pop into your mind are individuals, and mm-hmm. more often than not, a lot of their content is just shot on their iPhone. Like they'll, they'll just have an idea and they'll take fifteen minutes to sit down and record it, um, and it's all just just done on their iPhone, and so using that as just the the biggest proof of concept. The biggest content creators and media personalities in the world now are oftentimes just utilizing an iPhone to create their content. Absolutely. So what are there any other resources they need to put into it? Maybe a team behind it or can just one person do it? Um, how, should, how should somebody who's never done this before, how should they approach it up front? Yeah, I think ideally if you do have a team, that's awesome. But I think I'm also understanding that a lot of people just don't have the capacity to have a team. Like I, it'd be great if you could just hire a marketing person on your, your staff full time to have them document and capture content and create content for you 24, seven, 365. But in a lot of cases, that's just not, not the reality of the situation. And so it is, I think a lot of times just about being scrappy and doing what you can in order to, document instead of create. And so one thing that we've, we've done a lot with, with Dark Horse, they have um, three or four different facilities here in the Twin Cities and they're all running at the same time every single day. And so it's impossible for us to be at all of them all at the same time. And it would be impossible for them to have an individual marketing person allocated to each of the, the three or four different campuses that they have within the Twin Mm -hmm. Cities. And so um, a couple of different formats that we've done have allowed us to be pretty hands off in the actual content capture process and have allowed us to focus more on like the the cutting down and editing process. Um, And so what I mean by that is like we've used things like a like an iPhone on a harness, like you can you can buy a really cheap harness off of Amazon for like 20, 30 bucks and stick your iPhone on it. And then that camera records what's happening in real time. And you can, you can, you can capture the conversation that a coach is having with an athlete or somebody that in this, in this case, somebody that's training um, on ice or 
in a gym and in a, in a similar way, like you can stick a camera on the player and do the inverse, or you can set a camera up on a tripod within the facility. And for, for a lot of the gyms that you guys work with, my guess is that a lot of their workouts are going to be static. So they're going to be in a squat rack and, or they're going to be, they're going to be on a bench. And so all you have to do is set up a camera that can capture that like 15 foot window and hit record. And that's it. Like that, that's all you need to do. So, so you've completely removed the need for a body to be there to hit record and hold the camera. And now all I have to do is focus on cutting down the content at the end of the day. And then if you want to take that, that process off your plate altogether, one, you can, you can go out into your community and try to find a freelancer. My guess is that a lot of the, the, a lot of gyms out there, they probably have somebody that's pretty good at content that, that trains at the gym. If you can't find anybody in that way, um, finding somebody on like Fiverr or Upwork is, is actually an okay solution. Like they're, they're, they're managing a very, very small process. All they have to do is take the clip and edit it down. And if you have a framework or an example of a piece of content that they can just replicate. So like Alex Ramazzi is an example. Uh, a lot of people know him in the, mm-hmm. the gym and fitness space. And so if you just say, hey, like, could you edit down this video to look exactly like what one of his videos would look like? They can do that and they'll, they'll do it for <laughs> really, 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 really cheap. So like you could probably have them cut down five to 10 videos a week and it would be maybe a hundred bucks a week. So super inexpensive and oftentimes really high ROI activity right there. So you can you can pretty much run the entire process by yourself um, for a hundred bucks a week with the support of somebody from a freelance website like Fiverr or Upwork. Yeah. And that, I mean, that is pretty inexpensive for that sort of work. Years ago, it probably would have been a lot more expensive. So I know that some really, really small business owners are want to try and do everything in like themselves in the house. Um, but you have to let go at some point. If you want to get results, you have to spend a little money and that's really not that much money to spend. Neither is a thousand dollars on something that can give you pretty high quality content. Um, that's right. That's just not that much money to spend on equipment like that. So yeah, it, I agree. be willing to do it. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, it, it's hard, hard to argue with that. So uh, it, it is really hard to argue with that. So when let's, let's say that somebody has, they, they've put the work in, they've set their goals, they have a positioning, they have a medium, they have a channel, they've put these things together. They know where they're going to be putting videos in. And, but um, maybe it's not performing the way they want to. When, when should they decide on making a change to, to some of that planning or, or should they? Yeah. Um, well, for, first look at your goal, right? So is, is your goal short-term revenue for, mm-hmm. for your, your business? Um, if you're using like organic social media content for that, you might want to reconsider your strategy and you might want to reconsider your goal. Um, that's, it's more of a long-term play. Um, but let's, let's assume that the goal is short-term revenue and you're creating a little bit of content to essentially run paid ads against and get more people to come into your gym. Um, if it's, if it's not working within like a month or two and you're not seeing any revenue come in from it, you get, you got to change something. So either the, the, um, Facebook ad platform has completely stopped working overnight which that is probably not the case, or um, there's something wrong within your process. So it's either the 
the content that you had been capturing. Um, a good way to work around that is go on a, a bigger gym's um, Facebook account. You can look at, if you click on page transparency, you can see all of the ads that a, a bigger gym might be running at any given day of the week. Um, so you can look at their ads and see what they're running. You can see how long they've been running them. And then based on the ones that they've been running for a while, you can probably guess that those are the ones that are performing really, really well. And so as I was saying before, like find a good example and then try to try to emulate that, but with your own unique little spin on it. Uh, so, so yeah, you, you might want to change the content. You might want to change the the copy so that the words that are within the advertisement and how you're trying to um, persuade somebody to uh, give you their information or, or sign up for a membership at your gym. And you might want to, to change like what your call to action is. So um, maybe right now you have it set up where all they have to do is just submit their contact information to get more. Maybe that's not enough. Like maybe you need to give them something in order to get access to their data. So maybe it's like a, a month long membership or 60 days free um, at, at your gym in order to get access to their information and, and you utilize that as a loss leader to get people into your organization and, and stick around for a long time. So that just uh, uh, using that goal as an example, I think if it's not working within a couple of months, it's not Facebook that's the problem. Uh, a lot of people have made yeah. a lot of money off of Facebook, uh, especially gyms. And so you, you need to change, you need to change something on your end. And, and the cool thing is you can, you can run tests on all the different variables at the same time. So you could, you could mm -hmm. theoretically set up the same ad with three different um, copies. So three, three different like words that you have on, on the advertisement and three different call to actions and run all those at the same time. And you'll see, which one is performing better, which one is giving, giving people uh, or having people submit their contact information more frequently. Uh, and then you can just put more money into that thing and take all the money out of the other things. Interesting. So not, not all of this is just, we're not just putting, we're not just putting out organic content. We are using ads to help amplify the reach and we are doing some more direct marketing tactics with this through this content, right? We're not just putting content out there and gaining awareness. We are also trying to gain contact information. Is that accurate? Yeah. Well, you, you can do both. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> again, again, it really just depends on, on what your goal is and then also what your budget is. Like a lot of, a lot of companies likely won't have a, a budget where they can, they can invest into both organic content and this, this paid content. Um, so in, in a perfect world, you're able to do both and you're able to do both really, really well. I understand the reality of the situation is you can likely only do one and, and do it pretty good. Um, and so just, just identify the path that you want to take. And if you're trying to generate revenue really, really quickly, the Facebook ad platform is probably the best place to start. If you're trying to have it be a little bit of a slower burn, but get a much more engaged audience that you can sell more to in the long term, you'll probably want to, to go the organic route. And if you, if you want both, um, then you'll probably want to do both at the same time. Hmm. Great. So what, what's the roadmap from roadmap for moving from zero, nothing, no production sure. to all the way through to 60? What's our, sure. what's our, I guess our, our broad overview of, of the roadmap? 
Sure. I mean, so let's let's first of all let's let's start with zero and let's identify together here, Josh. Like, what what would be what would be that sixty um, in the in the example for uh, for you guys? Like, what would be a case study for a, a company that is just math massive, an eight hundred pound gorilla that nobody can mess with from like a the content side of things? I mean, HubSpot definitely comes to mind for that because they're. Rake, pulling in millions and millions in revenue from their content, but their content is also like establishing them. It's like a platform that establishes them as like a thought leader within the whole inbound marketing CRM lead generation sphere. Sure, sure. Is there is there a gym that you think uh, is a, is a good example? Um, I mean, a- Alex Harmozy is a a good example of that. I can't think of his actual sure. gym brand. I know that he's built a ton of them through gym launch in, in recent years mm-hmm. and um, that he's built a lot out of it. I know that um, like Orange Fitness is big. Mm-hmm. They got, they, they put out a lot of advertising. CrossFit is probably the, the most famous and the most ubiquitous in terms of, of putting out content. Um, I mean, you could even think of the CrossFit games as um, almost like a very broad, visible content marketing play almost for, because a lot of people that don't do CrossFit still watch the CrossFit games. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, let's, let's, let's start, uh, let's start and build backwards into that. So okay, CrossFit is a, is a unique case um, because a lot of their revenue actually comes from the licensing of their brand to the CrossFit gyms. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're 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 a, a fun a fun company to just talk about in general, and I know they they got into some issues probably two and a half years ago with their founder got in a little bit of trouble, um, and yeah. the, the the CrossFit brand was was tarnished a little bit. Um, but I think that regardless, there's still a pretty good example on like what what you can do to start small and then and then grow from there. Like like CrossFit did not start as a a, a giant media company that had these huge events um, mm-hmm. and has millions and millions of dollars pumped into production value for their events and millions of dollars worth of sponsorship revenue that's coming in. Um, they actually, I, I don't actually really know how, um, how CrossFit initially got started, but to use the, the, the original example we were talking about with, with dark horse like they started as a a one-man show and it started with somebody that was a goalie coach that was coaching a handful of goalies and mm-hmm. from there they started coaching a handful handful of more goalies and then some more and more and more goalies and they got to the point where like oh man there's so many goalies that i can't even coach all of them by myself i need to bring on somebody else to help me coach these goalies um and in the early days getting that first probably 10 to 15 clients, if you will, uh, or members will likely come from just hand-to-hand combat and talking with a bunch of people and trying to convince them to train with you or um, have them be your coach and just being really scrappy to, to get those first people. And at some point you'll get to the the marketing world where you're able to start to leverage these platforms to um, do all of that hand-to-hand combat for you. 
and so for for a brand that is getting to that initial point of of content being an important piece of the pie for them mm-hmm. it's really important just to start small um the the i think that a lot of people get wrapped up in a guy like like Gary Vaynerchuk, who is incredible, or a guy like Alex Ramazzi, who is incredible um, in, in both in their in their own rights, and they make so much content. But like Alex is an example. He's he's dumping probably two hundred grand a month into his content creation system, and most people, most brands, just won't have the budget to invest over a million dollars a year, um, or to over two million dollars a year to create content. And so what a lot of people don't know is like a guy like Alex Ramazzi will have started just on one channel. So Twitter, um, in his case, and then he just spent a lot of time there and figured out how to make really, really great content there. And eventually one day decided, Hey, I think it's time for me to open up the world here and get onto Instagram or get onto Facebook. And then, so he started to, move over to that platform. And because he already had a big audience um, in one place, Twitter as an example, he was able to a little bit more easily create um, a, a, a fan of followers on Facebook uh, because there's a little bit of overlap from Twitter, but not a not not a one-to-one overlap. And so he was able to pull all of his Twitter fans that are also on Facebook into his audience there and also grow his audience um, because there's a lot of new people on Facebook that have never seen him before. And then he got to the point where he's like, all right, well, this content on Facebook and, and Instagram is working really, really well. Maybe it's time mm-hmm. we spend some more time on TikTok and, and creating stuff for that um, and starting to recycle all these things. And so they're working together. And then he got to the point where he's like, okay, we're doing really, really well with this short form stuff. Maybe it's time for us to start investing into some longer form content. And so he started creating his own podcasts and writing books and, and doing things of that nature to further establish his brands and further open up uh, revenue generating opportunities for himself. And so the, the important things here are starting small, picking one, maybe two channels to get started in, and then over time, just gradually adding on to each of those things. So um, eventually you'll get to a point where all these things are able to work cohesively together and you're able to just utilize TikTok in order to create content for Instagram and utilize Instagram in order to create some content for, for Twitter. Um, but at the same time, you're going to realize these platforms are all completely different. And if you're getting to a point where you have to worry about all the platforms being completely different, you're probably at a point where you're, you're, you're already hiring somebody to do all this stuff anyways, and you likely won't need to worry about it. Um, but as I said, start small and just, build it over time. It's just like, just like lifting. Like you, you can't go, I couldn't go in there and deadlift 600 pounds today. Um, but this is not realistic, but, uh, if I wanted to, I could go in there and, and deadlift, I don't know, maybe 300 pounds today. And then I, uh, if I stayed in there for the next four years, I could probably get up to 600 if I really committed to deadlifting, um, every two days or every, every few days, um, it'd probably end up only being once or twice a week, but, um, you get to <laughs> Yeah, deadlifts expend a lot of uh, energy and need a lot of recovery. But mm-hmm. um, I thought of uh, another good example is um, starting strength. I think so the, the actual story of them um, supports what you've said because 
starting strength, I mean, Mark Ripito, he's kind of a maverick in the industry. And so he had a little bit of clout before that, but the starting strength brand didn't really exist anywhere. So, um, what they did is when they started the starting strength brand is they just started putting out these YouTube videos Mm -hmm. and writing articles. And then over time they blew up and it wasn't Mm -hmm. until, it wasn't until later that they actually started creating real franchises. So they're nowhere near as big as CrossFit. They're way more exclusive and they're way pickier, Um, but they are growing and they Mm -hmm. are um, like a really, um, like a solvent business model. So yeah, that that's an example of where the content actually allowed them to grow. The content was there first and it helped facilitate their growth rather than, um, you know, them getting big and then having the resources to put into marketing. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think there, the, the other important thing is like we, there, there are so many different business models out there and mm-hmm. you don't need to be the biggest gym in the world. Like, it, it might mm-hmm. maybe it's okay if you just make a few hundred grand a year as a gym owner and yeah. you don't you don't have to work 52 weeks out of the year maybe you get two or three weeks of vacation um or four weeks of vacation you can do whatever you whatever you want with that time um or maybe maybe you do want to become one of the biggest gyms in the world like there there are so many different levels of like First of all, what do you want as an operator of your facility? Um, mm-hmm. what, like what 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 all is out there? And and then the 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 last thing is just figuring out how do you get to that exact po- exact point. Like I I don't think I would like a world where I'd have to oversee a thousand different locations as a as a franchisor uh, for a gym. But maybe that's that 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 is interesting to somebody else. Absolutely. Sweet. Well, that's um, definitely something to keep in mind. You don't have to be the biggest gym around in order to be fulfilled to run and run a successful business and make you know a decent a decent living. But yeah, man, that's awesome, dude. This is um, really, 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 really helpful information. Where can people find you and reach out with questions? If they want, maybe if they want to partner with your agency. Sure. Yeah, I, I'm in. Uh... <laughs> I'm, I have old man tendencies, so I've got an old soul. So I, I use LinkedIn quite a bit. Um, so mm-hmm. it's just just my name, Jay Kranz, and you, you should you should hopefully be able to find it if you just look up Jay Kranz and Uncle Charlie. Um, but our, our our agency is called Uncle Charlie, so probably the best place to see our work and learn about what we do is just UncleCharlie.co, so .co uh, online. Awesome, man. Thank you for coming on, dude. And I hope um, actually we can maybe do this again sometime. Yeah, for sure.